It's not the lists are good. Good stuff. Okay. So Hanosin Liaif Koach. Hashem gives to the exhausted strength. And that's based on the puzzle can Yeshaya Hanosin Liaif Koach God gives it gives uh, strength to the exhausted, and to the one who has no energy, he, he increases their power. This bracha was established over the fact that Hashem returns a person's soul healthy and re-strengthened after a long day of being exhausted and drained. And in Yeshaya, we see, and I'm going to, we'll talk about that a little bit more. In Yeshaya, we see that it's talking about Hashem returning strength to the Jewish people who are exhausted. So I know last time we ended with that idea that that's going to be the, what we talk about today. So let's see what that's about. Oh, no, I didn't think of making a copy of this. Do you want me to? All right, so do you have focus? It was yeah. okay? All right. All right, so I'm just going to read the English of this passage, which we read last time a little bit. He causes rulers to become nothing, made the earth's judges as if they were emptiness. It was as if they'd not been planted, nor even sowed. Their trunk was not rooted in the ground. And furthermore, he blew at them, and they dried up, so a wind carries them away as if they were stubble. So to whom would you liken me that I am equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes to the heights and see who created these. He who brings forth their hosts in numbers, he calls them all by name. Out of great power and force of strength, not one of them fails. Why do you say, Yaakov, and speak, Yisrael, my road is hidden from Hashem, and my justice passes by my God? Do you not know, or have you not heard? Hashem is the God of eternity, who creates the edges of the earth. He does not become tired, he does not become exhausted. There is no fathoming of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary, and to the powerless he increases strength. Young children may become weary and exhausted, and young men may stumble, but those who are hopeful of Hashem gain renewed strength. They raise wing as eagles, they run and do not become tired, they go forward, and they never become weary. What's clear from reading the passage is that the context from which this bracha is drawn is saying, look, if you feel that you don't have energy, you feel your way is hidden from Hashem, that you don't think there is justice in the world, it looks like he's not looking. He's not paying attention. It's unjust. Just look at the world and see. Look at God's might in the world. Look how he created everything. Look how he has power over everything. And do you not know that Hashem is eternal? And so there is a longer, bigger picture. He will never become tired. He will give strength to the weary and to the one who has no power. He increases might. So the context here is talking to the people as a whole people, not talking to just an individual. And the context here, again, this is the source of the text of the bracha, is if you had doubts about Hashem's mastery of the world, look at the world, look at history, look at Hashem's role in the world, and, and realize that Hashem will give you strength. Okay, which once we learned about Esav, there's some perspective there, right? Like, look at Hashem's role in the world and you'll draw strength from it. And remember Esav, who was so exhausted because he was doubting God's role in the world? You can kind of see how that fits together in a new way that you wouldn't have seen. Okay, so the simple meaning, says Rav Schwab, 
that, that was, I was reading Rav Schwab's translation of Yeshaya, but this is Rav Schwab now on the Siddur. The simple translation, the simple meaning of the bracha is HaKadosh Baruch Hu replenishes our strength and we wake up refreshing, refreshed, although we went to bed tired. But that wouldn't explain why the bracha is placed where it is. If you just know that meaning of it, you're puzzled. Because, first of all, that bracha is like after you got up, according to the order of these brachos, you already woke up, you washed, you went to the bathroom, you stood up, you stretched, you got dressed, you put on your belt, you put on like your day clothes, you're ready to go, your shoes are on, everything's ready to go. By then you're up. You know, like by the time you had like your cup of coffee and you took a shot, you're up. You're no longer feeling that sense of like, oh, I'm so tired, I need the strength, right? The, the Rav Baruch Epstein in Baruch Sha'amar even says like, it's funny, you'd almost think you would say this bracha when you're going to sleep. <laughs> like, you're waking up. Okay, so you're waking it up on the fact that you got renewed strength. But still, it should have been like somehow earlier. And the other thing is that it's placed right after those two brachos that are specific to the name Israel. Ozer Yisrael Bigvura, Oter Yisrael Besifara. And even the bracha following it ends with Gomel Chasodim Tovim Amo Yisrael. So it seems like it's part of a sort of a subset. You know, we had subsets. We had Shiloh Asani Goy, Shiloh Asani Avid, Shiloh Asani Isha. That was like a set. We had Pokeach Ivrin Malbisharumim Matir Asurim Zokev Kifufim were kind of a set. They came from the same source in Tehillim, right? Sha'asali called Tsarki and Mechin Mitzadegavir are kind of a set with the shoes and the taking a step. Ozer Yisra El Bigvura, Oter Yisra El Besevar kind of said, this seems like it's part of a set of four brachos that are specific not only to the blessings to mankind, but to the Jewish people, even though it doesn't have the name Jew in it, which I think is also significant. We'll see why. So why is it here? So we have to recognize that there's something funny about the placement that isn't funny once you recognize it's talking not this, if you recognize the source of the bracha, you say, oh yeah, I know that pasuk. It's a pasuk in Yeshaya. The reference is to something that we just read. It's not a reference to people who are sleeping or who have worked hard all day. But it's not to you individually. Right. To say so the bracha, say like the bracha is individual. Like, he's not denying the simple, the simple meaning of the, of the bracha is, thank you for giving me strength after I was tired, for rejuvenating my soul. But if I hear the words, it's supposed to remind me of the passage it came from. Now, it just happens to be we're not so bucky in, in Yeshaya, so I had to bring it along and look it up, right? But once I look it up, it's going to remind me of something, and the thing it's reminding me of is not people who worked hard all day and were tired and God rejuvenated them. What it's reminding me of is that God gives strength to the Jewish people by their looking and seeing that he is the all-powerful God. Right? That's what that passage was. So what is that about? What, what did we miss? So far, we learned a lot, but we missed something. So what did we miss? Okay. So it all starts with that definition of ya'ef as tired. And I wrote up there like ayef and ya'ef. Okay. This, uh, we've been using them interchangeably. Like with asav, it said ayef. And they are somewhat interchangeable. However, ayef is tired. And we said it's a tiredness that comes of belief that your only strength comes in the physical. Ya'ef is stronger. It's deeper than that. It's a much deeper kind of exhaustion. It's almost like I'm giving up from exhaustion. I'm just going to pass out. I'm going to collapse from exhaustion. So it's exhausted, but it's more so, much more so. 
It gets strengthened by having the yud at the front instead of in the middle. It's worn out, completely drained. Like exhausted on top of having been exhausted and being exhausted even longer. Um, and Asav used which word? Ayef. Uh -huh. Okay? So it's, it's not a contradiction. You can see they're the same root and the same word. But Ya'ef is somehow even more. And the Radak and the Targum and other Meforshim on Yeshaya say, what is Ya'ef, which seems to be a variation on Ayef? It means the Jewish people worn out from the length of Galus. We know something about that. Some of it we don't know we're so tired, we don't realize we ever weren't so tired. Do you ever have that? Like you have a baby and after six weeks or something, they, one time they sleep for six hours and you wake up and you're like a new person and you suddenly realize that for the last six weeks you were so deeply tired. You almost didn't realize how deep the tiredness went because it's gone on so long. I mean, we're almost like at that stage, right? Like where the tiredness is compounded. It's tired on top of tired on top of tired. It's the Jewish people worn out from Gullah so long, that's Ya'if. Okay, so here's what Rav Schwab says. He said, this bracha, you remember I started off by saying that this bracha isn't in the Gemara? All the other brachos of the morning, there was a source in the Gemara. The Gemara in brachos or the Gemara in menachos, there's a source. This one doesn't appear there. And yet here it is in all of our Sidurim. Where did it come from? Rav Schwab says it's from the days of the Rabbanan Savoroi. The Savoroim were after the Amoroim, but before the Geonim. So I'm trying to think, like, how long ago? The Geonim are before the Rishonim. The Savoraim are probably 1,700 years ago, maybe to that. Like, it's post-destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, but not by a lot. It's a, like the closing of the Talmud era. So they weren't adding to the Talmud anymore, but it was just finished. Okay, that's Rabbanan's, that's the Savoraim. And the Savoraim sensed that Mashiach was not coming, and this had now been a long, long time. It's been hundreds of years. It's not a 70-year gullus where you're going to have trouble. After 70 years in Babel, it wasn't so easy to get the Jews to come back to Israel right away. They had gotten settled. You know? And as crazy as that sounds to us, how long have... Look, my family's been in America a really long time. My great-grandmother was born in America. That's unusual. right? As a whole, you could say that the vast majority of American Jews have been in, in Babel 70 years. And how hard would it be to get us out of here, right? If someone raised a flag, if Ezra HaSofer landed in Jerusalem and said, guess what, come back, we've got permission to build the temple, what percentage would come running? It's a little hard to say, right? And really, as, for the most part, I think 70 years is a good estimate of how long the majority of Jews have been in this country. Hey, my family's been here longer. I like to think he wouldn't have such a hard time getting me back. <laughs> but, right? Okay. 20%. That's what they say, right? But I don't know about in this Golos that we would say that. In Mitzrayim, it was 20%. Right, but I don't know. I never heard anyone suggest that in this Golos, only 20% will come out. It's interesting because... In Mitzrayim, that was true. Because I grew up in a conservative, you know, um, in a synagogue, and I was really involved in a, in a youth group. 
and the last, we were on a like big, like two week thing, and the last davening shachri was optional. And the rabbi at the time, like it was optional and 20% showed up. And he commented. Mm-hmm. So just to take like a more hopeful tack, because I don't know anyway, so I could more or less speculate as I wish. <laughs> I'm not contradicting anything I do know. It's possible that all of us now really are the 20%. I mean, 20% came out of Egypt, but where were the other 80%? They didn't say we're not coming. They were lost in Egypt. They died there. I'm not saying that, but we've lost our 80% in the last seven years. We lost them in Europe, and we've lost them here to assimilation. So maybe we could hope that all of us are the 20%, that we don't leave behind another 80% of what's left. Okay. Yeah. So the Savaroi realized that Mashiach was not coming and the Golos might be very, very long and added this bracha to mean that even when there is no end in sight, we thank Hashem for the strength to live with it and bear with it and continue on. You notice this bracha doesn't say he saves us. This bracha is he gives strength to the weary. So we're weary and we're weary, but he keeps giving us strength. He keeps giving us strength. We're able to continue. It's a long and bitter goes. That does help us understand why it's here. After Oter Yisrael Basifara, right, that we are crowned with God's glory and making ourselves a place for his presence. After Ozer Yisrael Bigvura, the ability to, to hold ourselves, to make a place of Kedusha, that Hashem gives us the strength to go on now. They added this bracha, and they added it specifically as, I was going to say an antidote, but let's say a booster shot for the, long, the length of this gullus. This is gullus Edom, right? The gullus of Edom. All right. Already you're saying, wait, Edom, that's funny. He's called Edom because he wanted the red, right? Right. Asav? Right, right. Okay. That the gullus of Edom has within its nature this issue of tiredness, of ayef, that Esav introduced us to. We're in a gullus of Edom, meaning we are somehow we're having to grapple with being under the dominion of an Edom. Imagine, after what Yaakov went through, he sees, this re- he sees what Esav is saying, that he's got this fatigue. It's a fatigue that comes only of someone doing Averis because they say, you know what, what, what is it all about anyway? Is God even judging anybody? What's, the st- what's going on, right? That passage in Isaiah is exactly countering that, right? He says God is the God of judgment. He's eternal. Asaph and Yaakov says, you better, you better give me the Bechor, right? I'm going to have to do this on my own. How's Asaph going to feel? How's Yaakov going to feel when he knows that his children are now subjected to Asaph? Living in that environment, listening to him talk about this over and over and over, Right? And now, talk, he doesn't just talk about it to Yaakov, right? So, how was your day-to-day, brother? Well, there was this girl that I raped, and there was this guy that I killed, and there was this idol that I worshipped, right? Now he puts it on TV and makes it fun, and advertises it, and, right, glorifies it, and, and demonstrates, and recruits with it, and say, right? Like, Hashem gives us the strength. It's not, we could not make it through this on our own just to keep an identity that's separate anymore, not to get sucked in. Okay, so 
we know a long, long time ago when we talked about the structure of brachos and that there are 18 morning brachos and that they correspond with the 18 brachos of Shemona Esrei and that every part of davening is actually built on a stacked, like a, an armature, right? Like a, a wire inner frame, like a skeleton of 18s even the body with the skeleton of the 18 bones. So it's 18, 18, 18, 18. Rav David Cohen says, so when the Chachomim added, so he's going to predate this. Rav Schwab said it was the time of the Savoroyim. Rav David Cohen is going to assert that it's a couple hundred years earlier. I'm not sure to us it makes so much difference one way or the other. It's all a long time ago. He says, when they added the 19th bracha to Shemona Esrei, they added a 19th in every other part of davening that needed to correspond. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it in detail now. We have a detailed share on this before Shemona Esrei. If you want to find it, I did it just a few weeks ago in the Wednesday class. Like, you could find it. About the 18s and the 19s. So, for example, there are 18 verses in Torah that refer to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov all in the same pasuk in order. And what the Chachamim found when they started contemplating, maybe we need to add a 19th bracha to Shemona Esra, it was not random. They did not do that lightly. What they realized was that every one of the 18s upon which hundreds of years earlier the structure of 18 had been decided, all those 18s actually had a 19th that was associated. And when they saw that, that was like a, they realized, yes, it's meant to be that we should add a 19th bracha to Shemona Esrei. And they also added a 19th bracha to brachos. And here we have this bracha. It's later than the time of the Gemara, right? And it's added in and becomes the 19th bracha of the morning blessings. So, th- okay. So what does it correspond to then? This bracha was added when they added the 19th bracha. What is the 19th bracha in Shemona Esrei? What was the topic they were dealing with? So if you go to Shemona Esrei, I mean, you, you know this, right? The bracha is, Vilamal shinim al-tihi sikva, to those who slander, mean, which means to, those who re- to Jews who report other Jews to the Roman government, right? People who will say, he's learning Torah, go arrest him, go kill him. Okay? In other words, those who affiliate themselves more with their Jews, and they're affiliating themselves with Edom, not with Yaakov. The harisha karega toved, all wickedness in an instant will be destroyed. And all of your enemies will immediately be cut off. And all those who are intentionally sinning against you should quickly be uprooted and subjected quickly in our days. Blessed is Hashem who can shatter his enemies and subdue those who rise against him. This bracha is called Birkos Haminim, the bracha against the Minim. Minim, the, the typical translation for Minim would be heretics. In other words, those who are not believing in God. But it's not, bracha isn't against those who don't believe. It's against those who are actively undermining the Jewish nation, turning them in to Edom. They're, they're associated. It's okay, it's okay. Come in. You're welcome. You're just in time. This is the juicy part. No, no, really. No matter what I do, it's okay. I'm so glad you came. It's the juicy part. 
Okay, so we're just saying say that when the ninth, yeah, oh, when the nineteenth bracha was added to Shemona Esrei, is when this nineteenth bracha was added to the Birchos Hashachar, and it corresponds. That nineteenth bracha is talking about is Birchos Haminim. It is a bracha about Jews who are following Esav, who are affiliating themselves with Esav. But that should be cut off and subdued. It should be subjected to where they should be, which is to God. Wow. And this was added because the Jewish people were getting weak. Their strength was weakening to stand up to the pressure, the social pressure. It wasn't just the threat of being arrested by the Romans. The terrible social pressure that the wealthy people, the, I mean, we know it. It's the Hollywood crowd. I'm sorry, with all due respect. Okay, I live in Santa Monica. It's easy for me to say. I don't mean that. Right? It's the it's the industry. It's the everyone who's rich, who's successful, who's wealthy, the pressure to want to be part of that and that that's Asav. They saw that people were faltering. That's what inspired the nineteenth Brach of Shmonas, right? And it inspires this Bracha. Hanosein Liyaif Koach. God will give you strength. You feel like you're failing, you're faltering, you're you're starting to fall into the Asav trap. That tiredness, right? God will give you strength. He gives us strength. This, you, it's exactly paralleling it. Okay. If I don't, uh, you guys weren't at. On Wednesday, I gave a share at um, Aliza's house. It's online on Birkas Hamazon, and you'll see it's roughly contemporary, same time period. You'll see something very similar got added in Birkas Hamazon as well. How do I get those online things? www.saralitman.com. Yeah. There's an H in my name. And click on the tab for other classes. Okay. And in other classes, it's anything that isn't the regular Tuesday class or the regular Wednesday class. And it, right now, it's at the top of that one, I think, because it's the newest. It should be. I think it's there. You know what? I'm not sure it was uploaded. Blina, there. I'll send you a part of the ours are on the Tuesday. There's a link that says Tuesday class. And they they all get uploaded there. Okay. So, good morning. Good morning. See, she's making you feel better. <laughs> okay, so based on this, the nature of of being tired, of Asav, that this tiredness comes from kafira, from denial of God. We can we start to realize the correspondence of this bracha with the bracha of the minim, and that there's a deeper fatigue here. It's the fatigue. So the fatigue for us in this ya'ef, maybe that's the difference between ya'ef and ayef. I don't know. Maybe that yud in the front, that spirituality at the front, it's the same fatigue, but it's the fatigue of struggling against it. When we say hanosein ya'ef koach, it's not that we're fatigued and we failed. It's the fatigue of the struggle. It's Yaakov struggling against the malach of Esav all night and seeing he can't win and struggling on anyway. Okay, we are struggling through a very long night and knowing that Hashem will send us strength. It's a very difficult struggle to struggle against that influence, especially when we're hearing it all the time. When we're in Gullus, we're subjected to it, literally. That culture is what has domination over us, and we have to somehow manage to keep going within the limits of that culture around us. Okay, so the Vilna Gon. The Siddur the Siddur Hagura in the in the Imre Shefer in the Siddur Hagura. The Vilna Gon explaining this bracha Hanosein Liyaif Koach 
And I'm going to summarize. This is the tremendous chesed of Hashem, that he gives us this strength. Now, what is the, that battle of strength? What is, what is the fight here? What is the struggle that we're going through? So let's say we look at the, the struggle of Yaakov against the Malach of Esav is not just the perfect parallel to what we're talking about. It is the precedent for it. They struggled until the sun came up, right? And then he said, bless me. He says, let me go. The Malach says, let me go. I got I to gotta sing praise to Hashem. And Yaakov says, no, first give me a bracha, right? We talked about this. All of a sudden, this malach that was the source of his problem becomes the source of blessing. Just by staying in the fight, not by winning. I mean, it's clear that Yaakov won that fight. How did he win it? He says he saw he couldn't win. He, he won by, by keeping on fighting. He won just by keeping on struggling, even though he couldn't win. But once the sun came up, all of a sudden, it's a victory. And you realize a malach, what is a malach? A malach is an emissary of divine force. A malach is never working against God. The Yetzirah is not working against God. Yetzirah is a creation of God. It might push us away from God, but its purpose in being created is that we should struggle against it. The purpose of the Yetzirah is to lead us closer to Hashem through the struggle. That's why God created it. Okay. So we're, there's a few different stages of this that we're going to look at. And when the sun comes up, all of a sudden we see that Malach as instead of trying to bring us down, something that made us much stronger and made us Yisrael. Right? Yaakov is no longer Yaakov. Yaakov is now Yisrael. He's still Yaakov. It's funny. He's not like Avram, who, who's like, you're, not, you're no longer Avram, now you're Avraham. Yaakov gets called Yaakov after. It's not that he's less, he doesn't stop being who he was, but he becomes something even more than that. He becomes Yisrael. That's the missing word here, right? It's just implied, okay, is Yisrael. Yisrael is the outcome from keeping up that struggle. And yes, you look around and you say, this is a struggle, I cannot win. If I hang on by my toenails, that's a success. But how can you call that a success? The answer is Hashem gives strength. Just keep the struggle going. Because really, the struggle is what it's about. Now, what the Gross says, he essentially says that, but what he says is that there is a battle here when we talk about dark and night and tov and ra. He says, what's the definition of tov? The definition of tov <coughs> is when Hashem's goodness is apparent, his chesed is visible to us. We can see it. What's ra? Something that's bad. That's bad. Bad is God's goodness when we can't see that that's what it is. Okay. Think of it as daytime and nighttime. In the dark, it looks like it's bad. The sun comes up and you say, oh, it was a chesed all along. Back to that mushal, the, not mushal, the precedent of Yaakov and the Malach of Esau. It is exactly the model that continues on. Okay? It is a struggle. Is it a struggle against good against bad? Yes, but that's because it's in the dark. When the sun comes up, what you see is it wasn't about good versus bad. It was all chesed. The struggle is what changed Yaakov. It's so hard to hear it because yeah. the way I was brought up was... 
good and bad. That's because we're in the culture of Esav. Uh, but even like in a Beis Yaakov kind of thing. Because we have to fight the struggle. We have to fight against it. But you're saying bad is really good that's covered up? Yes. It's hidden. And it looks to us as if... Now, I'm not talking about evil. I'm talking about bad. Uh-huh. Not, not rishos, wickedness. People choosing to do wrong is wicked. It's bad. When I'm talking about ra, I'm talking about you experience something, a challenge, a difficult situation, illness, sickness, poverty, death, war, terrorism, destruction. Aren't those bad? Those are good? No, that's bad, right? That's bad, right? <laughs> no, but what, what I'm telling you is it's not bad. It's because it's dark. Terrorism isn't bad? Terrorism is what God's chesed looks like in a time of terrible darkness. Terrorism is God's goodness to us in a time of terrible darkness. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to reference, I'm just going to give you references for the moment. Last year's Purim class, mm-hmm. okay, we did a beautiful piece from Rav Hutner exactly addressing this point. Okay, it's in the Tuesday classes. Um, I talked about it a little bit also on that Berkas Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay, about Hatova Hametiv versus Dayan HaMS. And in the future, meaning when the sun comes up in the Messianic era, we will say Hatova Hametiv on everything. That God is good, we'll say that about every bracha. Why? Because really we know that everything is good. But we recognize I can't see it. When someone dies, I can't say Hatova Hametiv because I don't feel it. My brain knows that really God is good. This must be for the best. Whatever God does is for the good, right? But, I, but I'm not feeling that. When someone I love dies, I'm not feeling that. So I have to say a different bracha, Baruch Dayan Emes. In the Messianic era, when the sun comes up and I can see the world more truly, everything is Hatova HaMetiv. And it really is. Everything will be perceived as God's chesed. The gross, t- this is a very deep thing with the gross saying, that that which seems to be bad, it's, what it is, is the, the trying to see God in a time where it's dark. Tov is being able to see the chesed. It's the light shining on it. Then, vayar elokim es ha'or ki tov. The first use of the word tov in the Torah follows the word light. Light is good. That's telling us something. If that's the first use in the Torah, that's the prime case. That's the precedent. Right? In this last week's parsha, Yochavet saw her baby. What did she see? Ki tov hu, that he was good. And what did the Chazal tell us? The house was filled with light. Where did you get from one to the other? Or is it just a tradition, like your teachers told you? Yes, their teachers told them it is a tradition. It's a Masora. But you can see the connection. She saw that he was Tov. What's Tov? Tov is light. She saw the house was filled with light. He actually filled the house with light. Why? That's why Tov. She called him Tovya. God is good. He's the revelation of God's goodness, and he ends up revealing the whole Torah. He ends up revealing God's goodness into the world, this baby, right? Because ha'or kitov, light and good, they go together. Not just because it feels good. Light illuminates. It's the illumination of God's chesed that we call tov. Okay. Now, in all of the brachas we learned, there was something that was, it, it was both thanking Hashem for it and also recognizing that what we're thanking him for is also something we are supposed to do. Right? We're thanking Hashem for the opportunity to draw closer to him. So we thank him for the ability to see the difference between day and night, right? To choose between good and bad. 
to do mitzvos, to see, and what we look at, to dress, to dress with sneers, right? All these things where it's something that we do also. And we're grateful for being able to do. What, but over here, it sounds like it's all him doing for us. Like, what, what is the opposite? But based on what the Vilna Gon says, the Vilna Gon says, when we say this bracha, that God gives strength to the weary, we're contributing to the light. We're contributing to the good. We're speaking from a place of darkness. We're speaking from a place of gullus that seems like it will never end. It's exhaustion compounded upon exhaustion. That's part you missed, but that was the beginning. Okay, this extreme, just like, I, I, how, I don't know how long I can, how long can I keep slogging on when there's no end in sight is what this gullus is. And when I then say, Hashem gives strength to the weary. God gives me strength to keep going. Then even in the very, very, very darkest time, I'm revealing a certain light, right? I'm saying Hashem is the one doing. Hashem is the one who's giving me the strength. That I even got this far. I don't know how long it'll go and will I make it to the end. The fact that I got this far, that I could say, by saying it out loud, I'm shining a light on it. I'm illuminating it. I'm making that visible. So right? we're contributing to the light? We're contributing to the light just by speaking it out, by saying Hashem is doing for me. Hashem gives strength to the weary. In this sense, the act itself of saying the bracha, proclaiming Hashem's chesed, also shines the light on the chesed. This is all the chesed of Hashem. And the ikar, the root, the basis of this whole idea is the revelation of God's chesed in the world. This is known, he says, this is associated with the Kabbalistic idea that one comes across and quickly knows that one is out of one's depth, the hidden light, the Or Haganos, right? That God created the light and it was good. And Rashi says over there, he hid away that first light for the tzaddikim in the future, mm-hmm. right? Because it was too much for everyone and certainly not for Rishaim. When we say the bracha, we're revealing a bit of that light. We're helping bring some of that back. Turning it from being hidden to being illuminated. Okay. Back to Rav David Cohen. The exhaustion because of the denial of God. Hashem created a malach, who Yetzir Hara, who malach Amaves, who malach of Shel Esav, whatever you want to call it, right? Force in the world that appears to push us away. Remember that malach that Yaakov fought against? Okay? It's stopping us from going forward, trying to bring us down. But we recognize, we know that it is because this is God's creation to serve Him. There's no such thing as a malach working against God. A malach is an emissary of God, it's God putting force into the world. The purpose of this malach, of this force, is that we struggle against it and put in effort to do what is good. And through this, we earn olam haba. <laughs> this is how we get our olam haba. This is what life is about. This is what it's for. This is the pleasure, the infinite pleasure that we'll have. This is the malach of Esav. This is associated with Amalek, right? Okay. So Yaakov is one side of this, but Yaakov has a twin brother, like a perfectly matched pair. That's what it means. And that twin brother is Esav. Okay, 
what happens with Asaph? That fight, and it's kind of what you indicated, the battle against Asaph, the, the fact that there's a Yaakov and an Asaph, it makes it look like there are, which there are not, two authorities. Now, that should sound very foreign to us, and right away we should be saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's one God, and he's Hashem Elokeinu. He is the, the Lord who is more powerful than any force. There's nothing that controls him. He controls everything else. Hashem Echad. There's only one God. There are religions out there that say otherwise. They might not admit it. But if you look at the philosophy of Christianity, which is what he points to here, in other words, the philosophy of Asaph is that there, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't like to repeat it, right? But any, it's difficult to have avoided coming across the idea in America, Satan, right? That some, there's something working against God that God doesn't seem to have control over. Okay, that's a Christian idea. That's not a Jewish idea. It's not a Jewish idea to think that the Yitzhahara is working against God or outside of his control. It's under his control and is serving God's purpose. One of my daughters brought home from here, from Orleahu, one of my daughters, yeah, in uh, seventh grade, I think, they got a page, did you, they got this wonderful, wonderful handout with a description of a coach, right? He says, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your boxing coach. And I'm going to get you in the ring, and I'm going to, I'm going to hit at you, and you hit me back. And I'm going to hit at you, and you hit me back. And every time you hit me back, I'm cheering for you, right? If you give up, then we both lost, because my job is to get you into shape, right? That's the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara is the coach, right? He hits at us. We hit him back. He hits at us. He hit him back. He pushes us. We push him back. If we just sit down and give up, he doesn't feel like he won either. He lost, because his job is to keep teasing us to get up. Like, get up, get up, right? You fall down, your Yitzhahara is actually the one standing next to you saying, get up, get up, get up. We got more work to do, okay? We got to keep the struggle because the fight is how we grow and change. The philosophy of Esav, the existence of Esav, is a philosophy that tries to say that there are two authorities, that there are two powers that are each independent. This is called minus. Min means a type, like a species, okay? And in the, like there are two species, there are two types, two authorities. A belief in that is called minus. It's heresy. It's heresy. Because it's a denial of God as God. Okay, so Christians say, what do you mean I'm not denying he's God? There's just also some other power. That's already denying he's God. If you think that God can, does not have all power, then you're believing in something else. You're not believing in Hashem, okay, no Hashem, Echad. Okay? Which is why Christians are not actually Jews. <laughs> they may have come from there. Who knows? Not clear. <laughs> right? But they're not. All right. Hanosin liyayif koach, which is, the source of that is in the passage in Yeshaya. If you look at that passage, we're talking about Yeshaya the prophet is quoting God, and God is saying, look at me as the creator. Go look and see all I've created, the animals, the seas, the heavens. Look at how they all work perfectly in accordance with my control. Look ahead to the revelation of God in the end of days. And there's nothing to compare with it. That God himself never tires, is never fatigued, and that he gives, he, he gives that strength 
his divine strength and shares it with us to give us strength from the fatigue of going on and on and on. This is the bracha that is corresponds to the bracha against that kind of heresy in Shemona Esrei, that God gives strength to the weary. He gives us the strength to fight that battle because we are so exposed to it. We're so exposed to to that the, the whole philosophy, the idea that you could go one way or go another way, that you could choose, that, well, is God really judging? I mean, there's a Nimrod and there's an Avraham. If I don't see the results in this world, then, then maybe it doesn't matter what I do, right? I could listen, but I don't have to. That's the fight that we're fighting. And then we're really turning to God as the knowledge of God as the source of that strength and the reality of Hashem as providing that strength. They really go together. They're really, really very close. Okay, so now, on the lighter and cheerful note, there's the song Yom Shabbason on Shabbos, right? Yom Shabbason, Ein Lishkoach, Lichro, Kireach, Anichoach. Okay. So, let's see. Oh, this is a weekday sitter. That's not in there. Okay, start singing, you're going to be on tape. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to hear you. I won't know who it is. It won't be the first, it won't be the first one we've got on tape singing. But <laughs> Okay. He says, there's a verse. And they all came together in a, in a single covenant. And as one, right? Like one people, one heart. As one, we answered, Nasef and Ishma. We will do and we will hear. It's talking about Harsinai, right? Ufaschu ve'amru Hashem echad. And we opened our mouths and we said, Hashem echad. This is from Yom Shabbaton. Baruch hanosein le'ya'ev koach. If you never noticed before, it's in the song. Blessed is Hashem who gives strength to the weary. Okay. So, what's it talking about? So probably, he says, probably it's talking about what it says in the Gemara and Shabbos, that at Har Sinai, our souls were so overwhelmed, or rather our bodies were so overwhelmed by the revelation of God that they couldn't survive it. So our souls flew out of our bodies. It was such an intense presence of God that our souls just zip, magnetized back to Hashem. And Hashem returned our souls back to us. We were revived. So that's Baruch HaNosein Le'ayv Koach, that our bodies got like completely drained and he re- revived us at Har Sinai because all of these, this whole stanza is talking about like Har Sinai. But he said, now you could look at it a little bit deeper, right? We all together as one came into the covenant. So we're unified. And as one, we said, we will he- do and we will hear. And said, God is one. He's one. There's none other. Blessed is he who gives strength to the weary. In other words, this is, that's the connection, Hashem Echad and Hanosin Le'ayv Koach. Recognizing that God is one, that is the opposite of the, the draining. When we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Okeinu, Hashem Echad, that's a battle against Amalek, against Esav, against that whole Malacham Maves, everything, right? We fight against that with Hashem Okeinu, Hashem Echad with a statement of Shema. It's getting in touch with the, tr- with the oneness. When the Jewish people recognize Hashem Echad or Shmo Echad, 
And in the future, the whole world will recognize Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad. Bayom Hahu, right? It's possible. Bayom Hahu, yeah, Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad. On that day, God will be one and his name will be one. That comes when we've managed to get all the way through. That's Ya'efe Hagolos Hatsaros. It's based on a. We can't feel it yet. It's recognizing we don't feel it yet, and we have to get there. And it's hanging on. It's all the same message. God gives us the strength to hang on. Because this gallop is a really, really long time. It's a really, really long time. This is like a very long time not to have any prophecy. Not to have anyone that stands up and it becomes like obvious and clear that I know with my own eyes Right, that God's goodness is revealed into the world and here's his will with no doubts. It's a really long time to live like that. That's the exhaustion. And he, he's carrying us through it. Okay. This is known as darkness, the darkness of Gullus. At the same time, Gemara and Brachos indicates that the bracha before Shema was added. I told you this, like all the different 18 structure all throughout the davening was all tweaked at the same time. It's a bracha, Yotzer or Uvore Choshech. Now, that is a paraphrase, of course, of a pasuk. But the pasuk doesn't say Yotzer or Uvore Choshech, that God creates light and creates dark, which is what this says. The verse says God creates light and creates ra, bad. And Chazal said, not Chazal, the, the later times, right? Well, maybe it's Chazal, maybe several. They said, the people need more strength, right? We need to encourage. We need to encourage people, not by giving them platitudes, by the way. That's not how you encourage somebody, by kind of making up some fake story. Don't worry, you're almost there, you're almost there. You're almost. That's not it. It's by telling them a little bit of the truth, revealing a little bit of the light, right? God creates light and he creates dark. Because dark is a synonym for Ra. They changed the Pasuk from Ra to Choshech in the Bracha. Why? Because it's synonymous. It means the same thing. Realizing that is encouragement. Just the fact that when you hear Yotzer or Vori Choshech, your mind, since you are fully versed in Nach, right? Like me. So you immediately know it's Vore or Yotzer or Vore Ra. You say, wait a minute, they changed it. Because Ra is Choshech. Ra is dark. It is. It's very dark. Golos is very, very dark. So you're saying when you but it's chesed. It, it encourages you. Then you realize, just like there is day and there is night, there's darkness and then there's light. Exactly. It's not forever, and it's dark. If I could see it with the lights on, I would feel completely differently about it. It's really, when we say, God, I don't know where you're taking me, but I know it's somewhere good. Isn't that what we're saying? I can't see. I don't, I don't see it, but I know it must be good. That's really what we're saying all along, right? When we say everything, everything that the merciful one does is for the good. That's what we're saying. We're saying it's dark. I don't see it. But I know, I, I know it is good. That's a difference. It's a very big difference 
being able to validate to myself, it's true I don't see it, it's true I don't feel it, but that's okay, because God's driving this car. All right. So, based on the source in the Pasuk in Yeshaya, we see that Ya'ef is exhausted, it's worn out, it's not just physical tiredness, it's the Jewish people completely exhausted from Gullus that has gone on and on, it's the exhaustion on top of exhaustion on top of exhaustion and draining, and the bracha is a reminder near the end, this is the second to last of the brachos, also significant, it's near the end, yeah? Near the end, we need a reminder that Hashem will renew our strength, Physically, naturally, we don't have the strength. We think we don't, and it's true. But that's okay. There's more than just the physical. That was the lesson of Asaph, right? Oh, I'm so tired. There's no, I don't have strength. That's okay. That's only a problem if there is no other strength to be had. It's just what you eat or what you drink or what you sleep. But if your source of strength is God... Okay, he gives strength to the weary. So he is our source of strength and support, and that is physical, and that is emotional, and that is spiritual. And we need it, and we keep struggling with it. He'll bring us through it. There is more to the world than the present moment. There's more to the world than what we can see. Just like when the, when the brother stood before Yosef, and he was a mysterious, mercurial brilliant, but they never knew what he was up to, dictator, and suddenly he said, Ani Yosef. He said two words, I'm Joseph. And everything that had happened to them was completely seen anew. The, f- the fact that they sold him was new. The dreams and what they thought they meant, they saw new, right? Everything going back for years 22 years of their lives got redefined in two words. I am Joseph. They un- everything. Probably more than 22 years, because also from before that, their father learning with him, giving him the coat, everything has a new light on it now. Brothers getting thrown into jail, right? How are we going to face our father? Are we, are we going to be forced into what we already did once? And we never want to get there again. And now it's going to happen again. Right? All of this is, com- is changed. The world is a new world in two words. And our world will be a new world in two words. When God says, Ani Hashem, it's a new world for us. We will see the world we're in as this world. And yet there was like so much more going on and we just couldn't see. We just don't know what that means. The only comparison we can have is when you're in a room and it's dark especially an unfamiliar room, and then you turn the lights on. You see that there's colors. You know in the dark you don't see color? You don't see colors in the dark. Let me see, you look at the black and white pictures, right? And you ever see, like, the, is there ever the time in your life when you realize those people actually lived in a world that had color? <laughs> Serious, we tend to think that they lived in some kind of impoverished world, number one, because we tend to show pictures of black and white of people who are poor. They're not necessarily poor. They don't live in such a dr- drained world just only had black and white film, you know? It's like we're living in a black and white world, and then all of a sudden, you ever watch The Wizard of Oz, right? And all of a sudden, she opens the door, and there's color, and you have forgotten. If you ever watch that movie, you forget that it could be in color. And then all of a sudden, she opens the door, and it's in color, right? 
there's a, there are layers and layers and layers of what we could see in the world, and we can't see it. It's just plain dark for us. The Wizard of Oz? Ugh! I cannot tell you to watch it. We've just been talking about avoiding Ace of Culture. But if you happen to stumble across that scene, it's a good mashal. It's a good mashal, right? It's a, what they did is they took the beginning of the movie and they made it in black and white, and it was in the 40s. So a lot of movies had been black and white. The color was brand new. And all of a sudden, she lands in this fairyland, and as she opens the door, outside it's all in color. But while you've been watching the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, you got so used to the black and white that you forget about the color. And then it's this surprise, even though you've seen it before even. It's a surprise when it opens. Okay. This world, we don't, we, it's difficult for us to understand it other than thinking about when the lights are off and then the lights come on and you realize, oh, there was like a pattern in there. And oh, I kept bumping into these different things. I didn't get it that they were like all part of the same structure. This was all part of something. You can't really see what it is. And you can't see the color to it. You can't see the per you can't see where it's going. You only see what's right in your area, right? All these things. So it's what we do in the dark. It's hard for us to keep focused on the big picture when we can't really see the big picture. And the pain and the and the suffering in the middle that we're in is so big and so powerful and so long. It feels like as far as we look back, and as far, you know, like, non-Jews will be nostalgic, right? Oh, when we were young and the world was so, right, innocent and wonderful and the children played in the street, right? We look back at that and we're like, yeah, our grandparents were burning in the ovens in Germany. Jews can't look back and be, like, nostalgic until, unless you go back, like, 3,000 years, right? We look back... And it seems like a, a, we have to go back a really long way to remember there's a bigger picture. And when we look forward, it kind of feels like it must be 3,000 more. We don't see an end to it. We're traveling through a dark tunnel that bends at the end. And it just feels like you don't see any light at all. Because until you get all the way to the end, you're not going to turn the corner and see that there was light altogether. But the truth is that tunnel is a tunnel over a world that is light. There's like this tunnel, and we're in this train, and we're going through the tunnel. Outside the tunnel, the sun is shining, right? I mean, if I could break a hole in the tunnel, I would realize there's all this light. But I am in this tunnel of Galas. That's really where we are. It's a world that's very light. It's all filled with God's chesed. And even the difficulty of it is really his chesed, but it's difficult for us to grasp that that is the chesed. And that, that, that model before us of our father <coughs> fighting this, the Malach of Asa is the real model of everything that has come to pass since then. Okay, let's see. One or two more points? Maybe not. Let's stop here. Okay? And Thank next you. week in Mirza Hashem, we will, we will move on. I'm so excited. We're going to start the last bracha because that Yehi Ratzon is part of that last bracha, yeah. right? It's all one bracha. When you started giving this year, you started with the brachas? I started with, well, no, I started before that because I started with, with introduction. Matovic? No. With the, with the davening inside, we started with asher nosam lasech vivina. Uh -huh. But before that, we talked about what is davening, what is the purpose of davening, and that. That was like the base hamikdash, right, the levels of the world and that. So we did quite a bit of introduction. But yes, this is very exciting. I said we were going to have a siyam soon. Not sure exactly how many weeks in this bracha, but not too many. Yeah, we'll have to bring Nash, or grown-up Nash.
Well, we'll do right. it according to like light and dark. We'll have marshmallows and Oreo <laughs> cookies. I love it. I love it. Everything black. See, I would never think of something like that. black and white cookies, She's very right? Artistic. I know you're artistic. Already you think of that. Them. I love it. <laughs> okay. I just realized I.